Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Brother Tinney, and we uh, greet every one of you this morning. We're glad for the presence of God that moved in the service last night. Wasn't that a wonderful move of God? We believe that God will do good things for us in this camp meeting. We want to uh, sing and shout and study the word of the Lord. Thank the Lord. Because that's where our feet stand, is on the word of the Lord. My appreciation to uh, Brother Tinney, Brother Sister Tinney, the uh, district board, and the honor that you have bestowed on me by asking me to participate in the camp meeting by teaching just a little bit. I don't claim to know more than anybody else, but what I have I am willing to share with anybody else. Thank the Lord. And we believe that God will give us His Word. Amen? How many love the Word of the Lord? Thank God, thank God, thank God. Amen. You may be seated. Requests uh, have been made. Uh, A lot of folks wanting us to teach prophecy. And uh, we will do that uh, as we can. And... uh, One day, I'm sure, we'll be doing the uh, greatest efforts of the Antichrist. Perhaps some other subjects. I don't have it all lined out as far as what will be every day. I want to kind of wait on the Lord to see what will happen with some of that. Amen? But uh, we believe He's going to give us His Word. I want to be involved in uh, His work and especially in this uh, camp meeting. Thank the Lord. And um, we're going to begin here today, brother, uh, pass out to the brethren here, handouts for them, and our scripture and what have you will be on the uh, board. Say praise the Lord. Lord. Thank God. And uh, different studies, a lot of organizations having problems, Baptists can't decide whether women are to be subjected to their husbands or not. Don't even know the Word of God. It's not that they haven't read it, it's whether or not they believe it. That's happening throughout the world. It's not just enough to have read it, but we need to believe it. I believe apostolic folks believe the Word of God with all of their heart. And I believe we'll continue to hunger for His Word and want to go deeper until He calls us home. I don't believe that's going to be long. A lot of uh, uh, prognostications being made about the year 2000. And uh, I don't know whether that's when the Lord's going to do it or not, but I'm ready. All right. Only thing I know about that, He said... That I work today and I work tomorrow. And the third day it's completed, it's perfected. So maybe it's uh, that close at least. I'm not expecting you to uh, run the aisles unless you feel like it. Amen. But if you do, help yourself. Somebody will join you before it's over with. 
And I have taught here before and enjoyed it. And I feel like that we will enjoy this camp meeting. You pray for me that the Lord will help uh, direct me and uh, so that we can have His truth as never before. Thank the Lord. Would you be ready for the Word of the Lord this morning? Oh, yes. Amen. Uh, our scripture is going to be uh, projected uh, in just a moment. Our subject for this mo uh, morning is going to be instruments for divine procedures. We used to call that operations, but uh, culturally correct now, we say it's a procedure. They cut your leg off, it's not an operation now, it's a procedure. And I've had seven back surgeries, I've had seven back procedures. And it hurts just the same, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> Call it what you want to, and it finally comes down to the same thing. But uh, God has an instrument, or He has instruments that He uses for operations. Now, I believe the church is affected, and He operates on us. I believe He moves what He needs to, and He joins to us what He wants us to have. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be studying from the book of Hebrews some in this, uh, in these lessons. I don't know how many, but at least this one today. And uh, the book of Hebrews is the, as far as I'm concerned, is the deepest theology of the Bible. And uh, its writer was second generation Pentecost because he said, uh, them who heard him, the gospel had its beginning to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them who heard him. Paul declared that he received his by direct revelation that God spoke to him. He checked it out, however. But uh, I, I believe by the language, by the writing, it's just as easy as looking at uh, the writing of one man and the writing of another man to be able to tell the difference. And uh, most scholars simply refer to the writer of the book of Hebrews. It was one of the late writings. And... Um, it is, uh, as I said, the deepest theology of the Word of God. And uh, be my privilege this morning to read to you from an ancient manuscript, the oldest that we have on that subject. It's Papyri uh, 47, Chester Beatty. Instruments for divine procedure in Hebrews 4 and 11. It'll sound a little different to you because, as I said, I'll be reading it from uh, the Greek text, and then I will translate it for you as I go. The difference is when our King James was written, we had only 500 manuscripts. We have now like 13,000 manuscripts. So there is much more known about the words and uh, how they were used. And somebody asked me, in all of your study, have you found anything that has changed the gospel? no. I believe what we preach is the real Word of God. Right. Amen. And uh, what it does, it puts it in our language and uh, says it in a way perhaps that is easier for us to understand. And it's Hebrews 4 and 11. 
Let me read it to you from the uh, Greek text. Let us be eager to have uh, to enter into that rest, lest anyone fall in the same example of disobedience. For the Word of God is living and is energetic and is sharper beyond the ever two-mouthed sword, passing through or piercing through as far as a division of soul and body, both joints and marrow, and as a critiquer or an analyzer of the emotions and the intellectual thoughts of the heart. There is no creature invisible or unmanifest. There is no creature invisible before him. But all things are naked, and the neck is bent backwards to the eyes of him with whom is our record. So the reading of the scripture uh, makes it sound just a little bit different, but perhaps uh, you'll see the reason for us translating from the original text. Uh, the book of Hebrews' main thought is the supremacy of our gospel, the supremacy of our priesthood, Jesus Christ, the supremacy of our salvation. Thank God. I believe that what we have received is the greatest message of all. And this is an integrated message system. And uh, all of its writers and all of its books, 66 books, 40 writers, all bow and bend to the same area. And that our gospel is the end result of object lessons taught in the past. And uh, we have the full complement of salvation. And our sacrifice is not an inadequate sacrifice, but is a blessed sacrifice. And we needed such a sacrifice, the writer said. He said we needed one that was prepon, that is fitting for us. And we needed a total sacrifice, one that would erase sins and be efficacious for all of us. The uh, divisions of Hebrews, I've mentioned to you the supremacy of our salvation and our priesthood. And in this scripture, however, it mentions a third important aspect of the book of Hebrews, and that is the possibility of failure. And for those who believe in, like the horse once in grass, always in grass, it'll be a little tough on you because uh, the book of Hebrews is constantly talking about failing the possibility of failing. Also be hard on those who believe in uh, unrelenting, unconditional, eternal uh, election. That is, that you're going to be saved whether you want to be or not. That he's already made up his mind about you, and that the call of God uh, has no effect. Actually, he knew before he called you, you was going to be saved, and uh, that's all there is to it. 
I believe he knows, but we enter into prerogative when we say that. And I don't know everything God knows. But some things he has done, and that is that he has, he said one time, he winked at ignorance. Amen. Now I believe that he gives us the opportunity to be saved. And uh, whether he knows that or not, he refuses to look at that by the reason that he says it's going to be judged on the fact of your walk with God and how you live for him. So he says that a man can fall several times in the book of Hebrews. Watch out. Pay attention lest you fall. And uh, in one place he says it is impossible after a man has been once and for all enlightened if he shall fall away. Well, taste the heavenly gift, maybe take of the Holy Ghost, so on. But the word is apach. He is once and for all enlightened. Remember this. You may be forgiven many times, but you'll never be enlightened but one time. There are some who have gone away from us, have changed their belief. They will never be re-enlightened as far as the gospel is concerned. Thank God. That's a warning to us. I thank God for that original enlightenment that he gave us. He called it a tasting as well of the Holy Ghost. Made partakers. Partners, the word is. We're partners with the Holy Ghost. And we've tasted of the powers of the world that is coming. Did you know what we're enjoying around here is not of this world? It's the power of the world, Melante, that is about to come. Oh, glory. If everybody knew what we're enjoying, they would want to join us. Because we're not just involved with the here and now. But down in our heart he has put a secret. And that secret abides with them that fear him. And every now and then we get a taste. The Bible says we have a down payment on our inheritance. And the down payment is as real as the final payment. Amen. And so what I've already got in my soul and what I'm enjoying is a taste of the powers of the coming age. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah to God. And if you don't feel like shouting, I wonder about it sometime. Fellow said, I don't believe it's all in a shout. No, and I don't believe it's all in sitting still either. Amen. Every now and then, when God gets a hold of your heart, if you're human enough, it's going to come out. Thank God. You can give a a little gift to a baby, and it'll do what it's meant to do. It'll jump up and down. And I'm that much of a baby about the work in the kingdom of God. When He gives me a gift, I have to operate, and I have to move. And I have to shout about it every now and then. 
So he says, let us fear, lest after having been left to promise that uh, to enter into that rest, any one of you seems to come too late. The word there is strange. Instead of short, it means that you come too late. I hope I'm on time today with what I have received from God. I want to keep it up to date. I don't want to just live in the past. It's not good enough to have received something 50 years ago. But I'm glad that it still moves and operates in my heart right now. I think we ought to check every now and then to make sure whether or not we are current in the Spirit of God. I don't believe the church should be living back 30 years later in the very age of His coming. I feel like that we'll sense the nearness of the Lord. It'll be down in our hearts. And as I don't know what the last hours of the church will be like, but we may be sitting around just looking at one another, watching some changes go on among us. Because the Bible says we are going to be metamorphe. We will be changed in a moment in the atom of an eye. Amen. Someone going to come too late. Another says, and he uses the example of Israel in the Old Testament as an example of failure. The word is he catastrophed, a catastrophe. He, he laid them low in the desert after having led them out. And the word is where we get our word catastrophe. And it says that uh, you fall of the same example. But it said the word did not profit them because it was not mixed. They did not mix themselves. It is, a pre- it is a, uh, an actually a middle verse. And uh, we found out now what the middle actually means. It's an action I perform on behalf of myself. They did not know this uh, earlier on. But uh, there are several ways to write a Greek verb. I am loving or I am being loved. That's passive. Or I am loving for myself. That's a middle. That's an action that I take on behalf of myself. And this word is a middle. They, they did not. They heard the word. But it did not profit them because they did not mix themselves with those who heard in faith. I've got to join up with other people who hear the word of God in faith. I don't believe he's going to save one being in a hill, but you're going to be part of a church, a conglomerate. You're going to be part of a group. He's not taking us to heaven one at a time. He's going to take us all home. The dead in Christ will rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be harpazo stolen away to meet him in the air. Thank God. But I want to find others who listen to the word of God in faith. Not just listen to it, but listen in faith. 
because this is what they did, it did not profit them. Lots of different ways to read the Word of God. But one of them is to mix yourself with people, mingle with them, be part of them, who listen and hear the Word of God in faith. That is part of the warning. Amen. And in the Scripture, it says that God's several abilities, His many abilities, in fact, some of them are named here, but some of them are seen through His Word. I felt like that it was good for us today to start talking about the Word of God. Amen? That's the basis of everything that we are. Everything that we do, everything that we say must be Bible-based. Thank God. And several instruments are mentioned in the Scripture which I gave you. And he says the Word of God is living. Thank God. The Word is hologos, not just simply the written Word, but it is the logos, as John spoke of it, concept coupled with expression. Amen. And then later we have it in the written Word of God, and we also have it in the preached Word of God. I think it takes preaching to be saved. How will you be saved without a, a hearing? How can you hear unless there is a preacher? And then the very good question, how can he preach unless he be sent? <laughs> oh, thank God that God calls preachers today. Amen. What a pitiful place it would be if we had to try to just listen. And that's what's happening with a lot of people with the Word of God. They're reading it, but the Word of God is spiritually understood, and a carnal or fleshly man does not understand it. But it says that living Word of God, what we are supposed to be doing here today, talking about the Scripture, the mystical ability of God to work with the ministry and at the same time in the hearts of those who listen in faith. Something goes on. It's up above my head. It's beyond me. But uh, it is happening today as we talk about His Word. The Word of God is living and is energetic. The word quick there actually means living. It is not dead. It is not passive. It, is not, it does not just lay there and do nothing. But it is living. And then it is energized. It is where our word energy comes from. Praise God. It, it is not passive, it is out moving. The scripture talks about the kingdom of God. One of the test scriptures to show uh, how some improvement in translation by knowing the middle voice and what have you, by this very scripture, where it says the kingdom of God suffers violence 
That is when it is a passive. The only way they knew to do it is passive. It suffers. But really, it's a middle. The kingdom of God applies violence for itself. And then the violent respond. Now, what in the world? Praise God. The word of God is not dead. And some of us think we are doing it a favor by preaching it. Or when we get real down to earth with it, we think we're doing God a favor. It'll work whether you do or not. It's living and it is energetic. The kingdom of God applies violence for itself. It doesn't need any help from anybody. It can apply that violence for itself. Oh, glory to God. Ask Paul on the Damascus Road. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Riding along, going against the people of God. And the next thing you know, he saw nothing. The next thing he saw was nothing. And uh, who am I? And uh, what's going on? Had to be, the word is hand-led for three days. No, no, it doesn't just lay there and wait for happenstance, for the right thing, for the right time. No, no, no. All of your life, remember this. The Word of God has been testing you and operating upon you to see whether or not you are one of those who will mix yourself with those who hear in faith. Never forget it. The Word of God is living. And it is energetic. And it is powerful sharper beyond ever two-mouthed sword. The Greeks saw the sword not as laying there, simply with two sharp edges, but he saw it eating its way. He saw a sword eating its way. And every time you look at the Word of God, it defies the idea that it is a passive, dead, cold, lifeless book. It defies that. It says the Word of God is a sharp sword that eats both ways. Amen. Thank God. The writer says that uh, it can expose or it can divide. Once you come against the Word of God, it eats on you. It makes people act strange. Some of them get meaner than they've ever been before. Mean old husbands and wives. Oh my, they get mean about it because it exposes and divides. There is nothing neutral about the sword. All right. <laughs> it has one business. You don't play with it. You don't test it because it eats. Thank God. 
And the word of God is a sharp two-mouthed sword. And it eats both ways. If you love it, it'll eat on you. Thank God until it gets in you and becomes a part of you and a part of the way of your life. You depend on it, glory to God, and you have to come back and have it and pray. You actually begin to pray. Let that energetic, powerful, sharp sword eat into me again. Thank God, because when I feel it, it helps me how to live. It teaches me how to walk. Glory to God, there is a joy that comes within my soul. I feel like shouting. I feel like treating other folks as they're supposed to be treated. Oh, glory to God. Thank God that it eats into our heart. I am afraid if we left it alone, if we did not, if it did not eat its way, we would have stopped and felt like we had graduated with the receiving of the Holy Ghost. But because this Word of God is living and energetic and it's a sword that keeps eating, you can't stay where you are. You're going to move forward or you're going to move backward. Thank God. It either divides one way or another. It eats until it is the very center of your life. It refuses to be only part. It's the center of your life. Glory to God. We don't have a hang-on salvation. We don't have a salvation that is only good for social circles and at certain times. And our Bible was not built for certain cultures. And I'm going to preach on it one of these days before I leave. And that you've got to figure out what culture you're in so you'll know how to apply it. Thank God. This thing is a sharp sword and eats into the very core of your life. And if the Scripture says it, if the Word of God says it, if the preacher preached it, praise God, I am going to make it part of my life and I'm going to live by it. I think of all that we praise God for, it ought to be that He has not saved us and left us alone at our own devices and just kind of flounder around and do like we want to. But He has a method of keeping on at us. He is active and He is energetic. Thank God He's faster than anybody that ever ran these aisles. He can jump higher than any one of us. He can shout louder, uh, so loud, until the moon and the stars have to vibrate and are perturbed in their very places. He speaks to them and moves them in different ways. Oh, glory to God. What a God He is. And me as a little individual, He tells me, you're not down there by yourself. I have got a connection to you. I have got an open line to you. And it is an energetic line. Hallelujah. It'll wake you up in the middle of the night and say, Pray! 
It'll even tell you what to pray about. It'll send the right people along that needs to test your faith. And you can back up from it and say, deliver me, Lord. <laughs> but you know, tribulation works patience. Everybody says, Lord, give me, give me patience. Fine, he'll send you some tribulation. The word is flipsies, pressure. He'll send you a little pressure. <laughs> then when you get under pressure, you say, oh, Lord, deliver me. Help me out. He delivers you and you're ashamed of yourself and say, Lord, I, I wish I had patience. So he sends you some more tribulation. It's like a dog chasing his tail. Amen. We, we, never, we never get to the end of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. But I believe he's still working on me. Thank God I am still the center of his attention. I am not in some far-flung part of space that is overlooked and without any help. No, sir. He has given me an energetic word that eats within my heart. It won't let me be still. It won't let me be just certain kind of a preacher. But it keeps changing me from this kind of preacher to that kind of preacher to the other kind. It keeps changing my hope. Oh, I could go on about how energetic it is, but let me tell you about this sword how that it is so aggressive and how it eats. It uh, pierces through uh, as far as, the word is, as far as a piercing through a division of soul and spirit. I'm calling this the instruments for divine procedures. We're going to have a procedure here now. And this is the theological procedure. It can divide between the soul and the spirit. And the Word of God is the only thing that can divide between the psuche, the soul, and the pneuma, the spirit. So it's the, it is the tool of the theologian. The Word of God, by preaching it, can help us to know and divide between the soul and the spirit. They're talking about uh, cloning. Well, you've seen the sheep and, and uh, one or two other things they've cloned. We'll talk about it more a little bit as far as the Antichrist is concerned. But uh, the question uh, Mr. Limbaugh asked is, will it have a soul? If they clone a man, will it have a soul? Well, maybe he means will it have a spirit? Uh, let me tell you what I did. I took uh, each word, suke and pneuma, and listed under each one of them what happens under that. What happens when it's called my soul? What happens when it's called my spirit? And I list those. And I come out with the same as some other writers. But let me give you the divisions of them. 
And shall I say again, the Word of God is the only one that can divide between the soul and the spirit. Soul is generally translated life. Spirit is your connection with God. Let me give it. Our body is our outward connection to the world. Uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Our flesh is our outward connection to the world. God deals with your spirit. He says it is our spirit that searches, it's little s, that searches the deep things of God. So in your, in your spirit, remember this and write it down, is conscience, communication, and intuition. This is how God communicates with us. He talks with our spirit. How, we, how do we know things without knowing things? By intuition. God gives us the intuition. And so that these three things exist. But only I say the word of God can divide between them. And it's spirit is conscience and communication. In the, in the soul is the repository of each of these. You have in your soul what you have received from the outward connection, your flesh, and you have in your soul what you have received from the spirit. And whichever one of these becomes dominant decides what kind of a soul you are or a life that you are. I want to be a spiritual soul. Amen? To control what I see, what I know, what I hear. To control that as much as I can. And turn toward the Spirit and let my life be taken with a constant listening for the presence of God. Listening for that. Because in that way He communicates. Thank God, and he gives me intuition, and he gives me spiritual uh, intelligence. But in the soul, what three things do you collect from these two extremes? You collect in your soul, you collect uh, uh, the comp composite of intellect, volition, that's the will to act, and emotion. In my soul, I have intellect, volition, and emotion. Now, it can come from the flesh, or it can come from the spirit. But the Word of God is the only thing that can divide between the soul and the spirit. It is only this book that I'm able to pick up and read what happens in the spirit and what happens in the soul. Amen. Thank God. Only, only in this. Praise God. Let me tell you how it works. You can come to church uh, tonight and 
and get in the spirit of the Lord, the word of God come to you, the Lord reveals something to your spirit and you rejoice, you shout and that's quite all right. You have a good time, you dance and, and oh, what a wonder it is. Well, you come to church the next night and you say, now let me see, what was I doing last night when I felt so good? Uh, let me try to do the same thing all over again that I did last night. And you're saying, I was saying, Jesus, Jesus, holy art thou. And some other words, whatever you want to say. So you start doing, trying to be like you were last night. You have to work yourself into it. Amen. That's called a solical experience. It's within your soul. It is a solical experience. What we need to do is come back to church tonight and say, Lord, talk with my heart again. Let the Spirit of God come and teach me something else. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Put in my spirit the energetic Word of God. Let it eat, let it divide, let it bring to me what I need so that tonight is a fresh experience from God. Hallelujah! May I be negative for a moment? There are too many people that are living off of yesterday's experience. Solical individuals, their intellect, their volition, their will to act, you can say, I'm going to do it, and you'll do it. And then the emotion. Emotion is good. But it is not the basis of our salvation. We shout because God does something for us. Amen. I want to correct the statement. A man says, you leap for joy. And thinks he's quoting the scripture, leap in order to get it. That is not the way it is. It is leap in order to get it. Amen. Thank God. I believe there are things that we need to do in the Spirit of God. Having Him direct us, come to us. Thank God with that Word of God. With, his, with our conscience and with communication and intuition. Speak to us. And then I have a fresh reason to praise God. I am, my, I am not a solical individual. I am a spiritual individual. Praise God. Are you getting it today? Thank God. We're just sort of getting cranked off here. But I, I'm telling you what. God is not going to let us alone, not this group especially, because we come too close. We've come too near the truth to let us alone. He's going to keep eating on us with the sword of God. Amen. There are others who receive some truth and said, hold her, Newt, that's much as I want. That's about as good as I want right there. That's all I can handle. Amen. Thank God. No more, Lord. That's it. Thank God. Amen. Praise God. I'll go with this far. And then began to make excuses against the Word of God why I am not what the Word calls for all the rest of the time. 
Amen? But I tell you, this crowd has come too close for alone and say, just uh, take what you got and go with you. I tell you, we're going to learn about Him until we see Him in glory. And for the rest of eternity, we're still going to learn about Him. Glory. Thank God. There is something new every day, every moment, every day. He is so big. His omniscience. Thank God. His all-knowing is so great. You could learn every minute of the day and still not have enough seconds in eternity to know everything about Him because He is bigger than eternity. Amen. He is outside. He is not a creature of time and space. He is a creature outside of time and space. And they say now that it all came down time and space to just one little tiny speck that grew so dense and so tight and it finally exploded and we can tell by the red flare of the stars, by the Doppler effect, that they are moving away from us and the universe is, is continuing to expand. It was Jesus that says, a grain of mustard seed, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. Amen. <laughs> They said the scientists work all these years, astrophysicists, uh, climb the mountain, struggle, climb, climb, and after they get to the top, they find a theologian sitting up there. He's been there for a long time. We knew that God started it all along. He is not a creature of time and space, but He is a creature that is outside of time and space. Thank God. His knowledge is greater than the knowledge confined within time and space. His power is greater than just the energy that is confined within time and space and the planets. His energy is outside of that. He can bring them in and He can move them away at His own discretion. Hallelujah to God. He said, I did it by myself. I did it alone. There was no God with me when I did it. Praise God. Hallelujah. There was no other creature there was no other power there was no other energy he is totally and solely the only one hallelujah to God I feel like today that that sword is eaten on the inside of me and I want to know more thank God make me more amen cut me a little deeper cut me just a little more I'll find out really what you are after it's all over with Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Aren't you glad today that He is a God that is outside of time and space? What is so wonderful is, He said there was no diminishing of Himself. There was no robbery. He was not lesser. When He says, I tell you what I'm going to do, I'm going to take on a body just like you got. And I'm going to get down there and walk around with you. Let the devil come at me like he wants to. And I'll show you how it's done. Amen. He took upon himself the form of a servant, but he did not think that it was robbery to move away 
and people see him in a different position other than just some glob of uh, a nameless God that the Jews had. Didn't even know how to pronounce his name. But now we know him as Jesus. Hallelujah to God living among us. The devil is not omniscient. There is only one omniscience. If the devil had known everything, the Bible said he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. He did not know that. He kept asking, if you are the Son of God, jump off here. That's what he always tells you. He never tells you anything good. Amen. If you are, jump off here. Go ahead and die. He never tells you anything good. Amen. If you are the Son of God, turn these stones to bread. Did you know he went down the mountain as ignorant as he was when he went up? Jesus just simply said, you don't live by bread alone. Bam, that was the end of it. Didn't tell him a thing. Thank God, you jump over here and angels take charge of you. Don't tempt God. Bam, that was all of it. He went down as ignorant as he was when he went up. Oh, brother, there's only those he reveals himself to, and that is with the sword of the Lord. It begins to determine. It begins to cut. Hallelujah to God as it cuts. Hallelujah. Hear it again. Let me quote it for you. The kingdom of God applies violence for itself. There is a certain kind of people that respond, and that's the violent kind. Hallelujah to God. That's the only kind that respond. It's the kind of people that said, I'm not going to sit here and take that land down. I'm going to get up and find out something about it. I'm going to do something about what I found. I'm going to do something about what I have received. Oh, hallelujah. I believe I'm preaching to a congregation today. Thank God that's hard-headed. I believe you've got something down in you that's just not going to let you sit still and be at ease. But it's going to work on you, and it's going to keep on digging on you. Thank God. Hallelujah. It's the violent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't turn our violence toward another man. We turn it on what we know God has for us. Give me God. Hallelujah. I'm going after that. Jesus said it's like the uh, unjust judge and the little woman. She just kept coming and said, avenge me of my adversary. And he said, I don't fear God or anybody. Why should I pay you any attention? But that little woman was the kind that all Christians are. She just kept on. She just kept on and she kept on. I believe there is in faith a persistence that has to remain with us. Glory to God, it seems like my prayers are going the wrong way. Oh, but I am going to stay on, be persistent. And finally, 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 oh, it pays off several things. Ah, a lot of things about it I don't understand. I don't know why he took a man outside the city and healed him and told him, don't go back in there. I don't know why he healed a blind man just good enough where he could say, I see men like trees walking Amen. And let him see men like that for a while, then touched him again, and he saw clearly. I don't know why. I don't know why, but he said there is something valuable about persistence. That judge said to that woman, though I don't fear anybody, it looks like you're going to worry me to death. Amen. Unless you worry me to death, I'm going to avenge you of your adversary. The parable, of course, was about himself and prayer. I'm telling you what, the violent take it by force. 
Oh, glory. I like to see people come in, get the Holy Ghost, and they can't wait for the next service. They can't wait. They can't wait for the next thing to go on. They're ready. They're eating up everything there is. Glory to God, because that's part of it. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. God deliver us from the graduation idea of receiving the Holy Ghost. That was just a down payment on an experience that is a glorious experience. And I know what it's like because I've already got the down payment down in my heart and it's doing all the good. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It is also the scaffold's surgeon. We're talking about instruments, instruments, if you will, of different and divine procedures. This sword can cut into the flesh if it wants to. You see, because we talk about spirit, doesn't mean that the flesh is outside the perimeter of what he can do and will do. He can, he can go so deep, he can separate joints from marrow. Why does God want to do that? I don't know. I'm not God. Amen. He's the omniscient one. And he's the one that says every now and then, I got to work on your flesh. <laughs> got to work on your flesh. Oh, glory. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm so good at it, I can get down between the joints and the marrow. Now, you want a good surgeon, this is the best one I'm talking about here. Hallelujah to God. Because I mean the tiny separation of joint and marrow, he can do it. It's, it's technical and it's hard. Uh, Paul says, I was caught up to the third heaven. And because of the excessive revelation, the revelation was excessive, was more than a human being could stand. It was excessive. He said, I heard things that was too karate, that was too sacred to tell. Hmm. And it was also against the law to tell. What law? The law that if I tell you, you'll have to have the same kind of operation I've had to bring you down. Lest I be lifted above what was good for me. Because of this excessive revelation, lest I be lifted above what was good for me, he gave me a scallops in the flesh. It's sometimes translated a thorn. And we tried to decide what was wrong with Paul. He mentioned so many times my weakness in the flesh, my weakness. And it was used mostly by by uh, doctors of that time as a debilitating weakness. I don't know whether that's what it was or not. But all I know is it can operate on the good ones and it operates on those that need a spanking. One thing he doesn't deliver us from and that's life. You got older, 
And I got older. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Amen. He didn't deliver me. I wish I, I wish He'd delivered me when I got the Holy Ghost from life. I'd still be, uh, oh, I was terribly handsome. Amen. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I wish He'd have delivered me. But He left me. He didn't deliver me for life, but He kept using that sword not only in a theological operation, but He also did it, my friend, in a physical surgery that He does upon you. I have known people who stood up in service against their pastor and began to talk against him and saying, you're a liar, and died right where they were standing. I can give you their name and tell you who they were, and they died right where they were standing. Ananias and Sapphira came in, and Peter questioned, why have you all lied to God? You didn't have to do it. In fact, you agreed on what you was going to do. You agreed on it. Same feet carried him out, waiting to carry you out. Been three hours later, they came back in, and there was Mama laying on the floor, and they had to carry her out. Thank God. This sword can divide down, piercing down into the very bones. I'm not serving God because I'm scared of what He might do to this body. It's about had it anyway. I'm serving God for the change that He's going to make in this body. The glory one over there. Oh, hallelujah to God. I believe. Thank God. We shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. Woo, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got to hurry. This word of God is living and energetic. When you go to church next Wednesday night, I don't want you to go believing you're just going to hear a plain old sermon. I want you to... Uh, mix yourself with those that are listening in faith. There's a difference. There's a difference in the way it comes across to different people, whether you mix yourself in faith or not. But he said the next tool is the tool of the psychiatrist. Oh, I don't like them. They think they're smart. Well, some of them, I guess so. But what they're really supposed to be, the Word is that the Word of God is a critiquer. It is an analyst. Praise God. A critiquer. Between what is emotion and what is, I've given you intellectual, is actually the thoughts of the heart that are based on fact that you know. Amen. So it takes the Word of God for to help me to help me decide what is emotional and what is really something that's fact on the inside of my heart. Praise God. This thing is energetic and it's powerful, my friend. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. And you can run over it and you can do what you want to, but it still is the boss. When it gets through, it'll operate on you one way or another. Before you get out of here, you will have passed several procedures. Thank God. You're going to have a surgeon that got a hold of you, and you're going to have a soldier that had a sword that got a hold of you. 
And then you're going to have a psychiatrist which looked at you and decided whether you were living mostly on emotions or whether or not it was built on things that you actually know. Intelligent thoughts of the heart. And I'm not saying emotion is a bad thing. But I'm saying we don't live by that. People that are totally emotional have to be restrained. Amen. They have to have pills all the time. And I'm not, I'm not making fun of people who have those kind of problems. Part of my job a whole lot is trying to help them to get back to where they're, I say that's an emotional thought. Had one of them sit in my office one day and said, Brother Trace, I'm going crazy. I feel like I could just jump through that window. I said, have you ever done either one of those before? Have you ever gone crazy? Or have you ever jumped through a window? She said, no. I said, your emotions are lying to you then. Amen. Your emotions can lie to you. They can tell you the truth as well. But I love emotion as a response from what I know way down in my heart. Things that are settled. Hallelujah to God. It's already been settled with me. I made up my mind. I'm going to live for Him from now on. Glory to God. And when you see me shout in service, it's all right. I see some preachers tell other people to shout. You don't know what they may be feeling like crying at the moment. But I'm telling you what, my friend, if you really have your mind made up, thank God He'll douse you every now and then with a good soaking, good enough that you're going to have to do something about it. You just can't contain yourself. You'll be like the lame man at the beautiful gate. Hallelujah. Silver and gold we don't have. But such as we have, we're going to give to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. He got up and he was running and he was leaping. That's about high as I can go. Amen. He was leaping and running. He disturbed the synagogue service. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad he wouldn't disturb this service today. You get healed, you got the aisle to yourself. Hallelujah to God. Somebody will follow you down there too, probably. Praise God. Amen. But the Bible said when they came out of the temple, this is the words, he kept on hugging the apostles. <laughs> he was just so happy he just kept on hugging them he couldn't keep it thank God I'm so glad thank God hallelujah emotion is good but we don't build churches and we don't build services and we don't build lives on emotion we build on what you know down in your heart, communicated to you by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody said, how often? Oh, it may depend on how violent you are. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. You give me an old man that's been bad and violent, and, and I mean, you get him filled with the Holy Ghost real good, he's a go-getter for God. 
sometimes, sometimes these little soft padded souls, you know, they don't get too, they, they don't go after it. But man, thank God I'm going after it with all of my heart. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to know every word. I want to know every line. I want to know everything there is in this Bible and in His Word that will be preached to me. Remember, the Word of God is not only the Logos, which is concept and expression in general. It is not only the written Word of God. It is also the preached Word of God. How many ever heard a sermon that thrilled your soul? Thank God and the Lord operated on you with that sermon. How many ever had a little anger cut out of your heart with a sermon? <laughs> Did you ever have that? <laughs> How many had some world kind of cut off and say, that's the end of that? Amen. Thank God. He said, no more this, no more that. That's it. Praise God. That's the violent that does that. I want everything that God has for me. But the kind that's already decided about how far they want their religion to go will say, well, now I just don't know whether I agree with him about that or not. <laughs> Those that have already decided about how much... I'm going, you see, there's an idea that I can help God design this salvation and he'll buy what I've given him. Not at all, my friend. He is the Savior. He is totally the Savior. And He has a salvation for me. And I'm going to live by His salvation. Hallelujah. All you got to do is show me in that Word where it says it. And I want it. Some of them say they stopped receiving the Holy Ghost years ago. Show me in that Word ever said He's going to quit giving it. He said, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Thank God. Spirit's going to fall out and even took it to the end of the world. The stars and the moon are going to fall. Took it to the very end of the world. You don't decide for me, my friend, how long God's going to pour out His Spirit. I want His Word to tell me that. Oh, glory. Thank God. Shall I say it? I want Bible for everything that I preach. Glory. I gotta I gotta get down to the close. And that is, and he is a critiquer of the intellectual parts of the heart and the emotions, and the neck is bent backwards to the eyes with whom is our account or our record. The word is traxalaminos. It's a participle that it comes from track, where we get our word traction. You put a man in traction, you stretch his neck out. It, it meant that when a man was condemned as a criminal, they tied a dagger on his neck under his chin, pointing his chin, so that when he walked before the judge, he had to look him in the eye. He couldn't drop it. I tell you, my friend, God has us between a rock and a hard place. He's got a dagger tied under our chin where we've got to look into his eye whether we want to or not. Amen. Thank God. And worse than that, whose eyes are those? 
It's the eyes of the one who has our account. He got all the record right in front of him. Praise God. The neck is bent backward to the eyes with whom is our account or our report. Oh, glory. I don't want to look at him. Those eyes, too much like flame of fire, too much judgment. You're going to look in him because he says you're going to look right into his eyes. There's going to be a dagger tied beneath the chin of everybody. It's the Word of God that keeps looking you in the eye. I wish he didn't write that. Why did Paul have to write that over there about hair? Why did he put that in there? Why did he write that over there about husbands and wives loving one another? Why, why did he have to write that? Why did he write something? I'm telling you, you're going to have to look at him whether you want to or not. Hallelujah. But the thing I like about it is those eyes are not terrible to me. I sing about someday... I shall know him, I shall know him. As redeemed in his presence, I shall stand. I shall know him, hallelujah to God. Mm. Let me tell you a little, little secret. Did you know where it says that his visage was more marred than any man? The original Hebrew actually has it. His face was beaten off. One of the problems that he had of people recognizing him might not have been that he was in another dimension. That was part of it. He was in another dimension. Showed him his hands and his feet. But what about the scars on his face? His visage was more marred, more scarred than any man. Amen. There's something about me that wants to look at him and look into that face and see a face that was beaten off because he loved me. Would you believe it? I believe there would have been a Calvary if I'd been the only living soul on this planet. I believe there would have been a Calvary. I believe he would have stood there and took it. Because he saw a little 14, 12-year-old boy, son of a Baptist preacher, but he was down at an altar saying, God, I want to live for you more than I want anything else. Three nights I tried to pray. All I could do was just squall, my shoulder to just shake. All I just, I, I, it doesn't sound nice, but I snotted that altar bench from one end to the other. Amen. I'd get up from praying and, and, I'd, and I'd, I'd go stand and watch him pray. And old grandmother Salter would come get me after a while. And she said, son, I don't believe you prayed enough. So I'd go back and I'd pray some more. The night I got the Holy Ghost, I made four trips to the altar. That's torture. You know what? I don't know why you torture yourself. Amen. But I believe if that just been me that night, he saw that soul. Kept going back to that altar, and all I could do was cry, squall, and just snuff that altar bench. They didn't have hankies they gave me, nobody just marm, you know, just crying and praying. Amen. Hallelujah. After a while, 
<laughs> after a while, after that's the way to get it, my friend. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about people that get it in the real nice way, <laughs> because I had good reason to be violent, my friend. I was torn up. Finally, what else? Preacher come and stood by me, and I was watching the others pray. And he said, "Son, do you feel like the Lord forgave you of your sins tonight?" For the first time in my heart, I realized a burden had been lifted and it was gone. And I said, yes, I believe he has forgiven me. He said, why don't you praise him a little bit for that? And I began to lift my hands and I began to say, Jesus. I knew it wasn't coming out right, but every time I'd say it, I felt like I was booted about three feet higher. Hallelujah. Thank God. I couldn't talk in tongues fast enough. I couldn't shout loud enough. So I whistled for a while. Amen. Even the saints thought I was crazy. It's not so bad when the world thinks you're crazy, but when the saints think you are, that's pretty bad. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll tell you why. It's because he went to that Calvary for me. I'm not going to be ashamed to look at him. I don't care how his face was marred. I don't care how it was scarred. I want to look into his eyes. I shall know him. I shall know him. Hallelujah, because these many years. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, I'm going to know him. I won't be a stranger. You know what I believe? When I walk right into his presence, just remain standing, I believe I'll feel right at home. I don't think that what we have is stranger to the presence of God. I believe it is the presence of God. And I learn how to move and I learn how to operate. And I learn what He's doing with me in the presence of God. And I'm not going to be ashamed when I walk into His presence and I see His nail-scarred hands and I see His nail-scarred feet. I'll fall down at those feet. I plan to do that. I plan to worship Him. But I also want to look at that face and tell him, you're as beautiful to me as you can be. Hallelujah to God. You're as beautiful to me as you can be. Because you were the one that was operating on me all these years. I've never seen your face. But I felt your hands operating on me. I felt surgery going on in my heart in my life praise God Dr. Knoxville the other day he said you're alpha he said the man in the next room is beta underwent a year's program for a difficult problem he said you're a strong man and I, and I showed him my muscles you know no I didn't not really he said, you'd have never made it if you hadn't have been a strong man. I said, I want you to know the Lord was with me all the time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He didn't leave me. He didn't leave me. He stays with me. Thank God he wakes me up in the middle of the night and he gives his word to me. And I roll and toss and I get up and I go into the office and I search his word. Thank God. I hope I'm violent enough. Glory to God. Because the Word of God is living and it's energetic. And I want to be as energetic 
as he is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's love the Lord together today. Praise the Lord.